podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Hello and welcome to Friday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Robert Borthwick. Hello there. And Joel Sked. Hello. Now, we might not be sounding as clear to you as usual because we've now started this show about 45 minutes later than we originally planned as we dipped around with various microphones, various laptops and couldn't get any of them to work. So, it's back to the good old days. We've got Robert's phone out and we're just going to hope for the best. So, well, the good old days when we've been back in Forrester, uh, Forrester Park. With the old school microphones, yeah, where we had to hold them in a certain way at a certain angle. I, my favourite thing about this podcast is everyone knows Feller's residential history. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Frost Park, remember that? <laughs> yeah, you had to hold them in a certain way because they would crackle otherwise. Yeah. And sometimes they would just do it anyway. And I had, to, I had to do a test before every show where I'd have to get somebody to wave their microphone in the air to see if the, see if the lead was in properly. That's we used to buy, we had to buy leads, like new leads, just like every month. And when Tony was on, uh, a good 20 to 25 minutes of the show was you just trying to usher him into position. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that did, that did happen Right, so as you probably guessed, especially since we're a day late If you didn't see our tweet yesterday The reason the show has been, has been pushed back 24 hours Was because of the Scotland game, so we could talk about it <laughs> Boy, we're happy that we did that I am, there's plenty to talk about, it's, it's funny fair, That's true, I. We, we do like a body in, even if it is ourselves uh, But before that, we're going to start with a feature uh, Which is, what you would ra- things you would rather be doing Bef- rather than watching the Scotland game I think specifically last night's Scotland game you know, yes, It's, it's yes. easy to say in retrospect I've, I've enjoyed a lot of Scotland games in the past But last night's game was not One of them <laughs> In a weird way I kind of enjoyed it um, Just because You're watching something Quite incredible and uh, Unfold in front of your eyes I, like, relative, like videos of natural disasters Yeah, a, a relative like, Except there was, um, there was Some mediocre talent uh, involved in this one rather than um, I'm not going to go down that, down that road I'm going to say something very offensive <laughs> I'd be like you <laughs> especially because it's harder to edit there <laughs> right what have we got then so instead of watching last night's game I would have rather have been watching any side managed by Gary Locke <laughs> oh yeah that's a good one so you know you've got your race rovers your Kilmarnock's your hearts I would rather watch any of them rather than watch last night's game. And it was that bad. I'm not sure. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only football-based one I had was I would rather watch David Gray's Scottish Cup winning header on loop for 90 minutes. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Give me that Scotland game of the day. Breakfast, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Have you got any football-based ones? Yeah, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a couple. Um, Dave, uh, oh, I'm going to make an arse of this sardine. Uh, Dave Boos, leg break. Yeah, 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 horrible. Uh, 
both football related, the replies to any tweet from the SFA, boy, they are interesting. <laughs> boy, Rangers fans do not like the SFA, and boy, did a, a lot of fans not like that starting eleven last night. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I, I was wrote in the, the, the Scotsman today that the, the the person who has to take charge of that that account has a toughest job as a Scotrail person. And the FGFL not far behind. Yes, because uh, Scottish people, you, you get this, you get this feeling where um, Scottish people—they've got the they've stereotype of being cheap, but also kind of um, not so much happy, but they like to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Scottish people are just angry, Aye. very, very angry. Yeah, all the time, and only really online. You know, you, you never sort of walk down the street and there's folk like, oh, for fuck, you got a fucking train. That fucking train was like, it's like, you never get that. Like, it's just online. People are like, do or, you know what? I have, now, I have now got full license to be a complete cock to faceless people on the internet because I'm one of them as well. Or at football it's, games. Or at football. Even then, it's not that bad. I, I, had, I, I saw a, a middle-aged man have a full-on tantrum because Stephen McLean was wearing green boots. <laughs> Should have learned from the day, the day with the boot. The, the boots yeah. are fine. Um, yeah, yeah he played better with them on. He did. He did. My my other Scottish one. This is kind of hat tip to what Graham said on the on the tennis chat last night. Is just shots of um, sad tart and army fans. <laughs> but you're actually picking things that you would actually quite enjoy doing. I was going for things that were that were really bad. Okay, um, really not enjoyable. One like for like me. like for instance, I would rather make small talk with a workie doing stuff to my house. <laughs> Watch the Scotland game is 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 sometimes cringy as that, or often cringy when they're just talking to them and you're just like you're so much more of a man than I. Am. <laughs> Aye, so uh, you done much plumbing this week? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I've seen a wrench before, eh? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you pass me the wrench? Uh, uh, no, I've got a really, I've got a sore shoulder, man, from doing loads of weights. Uh, <laughs> is, that, is that the one with the curly bit at the end? <laughs> there's, there's nothing more uh, awkward, and obviously they're in your house, but it's when the, um, when the window cleaners come around, and you're just kind of standing there, and you make eye contact with them, you're in your room, <laughs> or in your bedroom. Hello. <laughs> what do I do now? It's like a T-Rex, you just stand still and hope they just don't see me. I think what's even more awkward is when they come to the door asking for your money and you're like, I don't fucking have it. You didn't tell me you were coming in. I'll just go to my dad's wallet. <laughs> An unwanted helper. <laughs> With window cleaner's visions based on movement. <laughs> Which is quite ironic considering their job. What they're cleaning doesn't move at all. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> the uh, Simpsons. What? How dare you? <laughs> I told you I was going to get. I've, uh, I've got, would rather watch The Happening again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've got, would rather attend the Jerry Cinnamon concert sober. <laughs> nice. uh, some of these I'm, I'm not even sure. Like, that's just horrible. What? One of the Celtic fans drunk and off their faces on various <laughs> narcotics. On on the, the Jerry Cinnamon subject, just a random thing. I really want to meet him, right? And then go up to him and be like, Man, I'm 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 your biggest fan, but then at the end it's like, right, thanks very much, Gary. And just see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, Yes, I got you, you prick. I'd probably um, write a song about it because he's he seems really unimaginative for these yeah. songs. Gary Cinnamon, what a guy. Um I would rather go back and do a shift in a call centre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easily, easily the saddest time of my life is when I was selling people from all over the UK car insurance. And um, was that with the Z? Was that? 
Yes, that aye, that's when I worked with Azim. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, that must have been uh, well. That shows how bad last night's game is. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, I t- talking to Azim, you know, some people sort of say like, you know, people are very different online than they are IRL, and that's absolutely not the case. <laughs> Do you know on Interstellar when they go to that first planet and there's like a problem where they have to stay there and they actually come back and it's twenty four years later and it's the whole thing of how time is relative and so time speeds up. For yeah. them, although time kind of just feels like them, for, but for everybody else, it's yeah. 24 years have been away. That's what it's like working in a call centre. Yeah. Every day is that. <laughs> you, come <laughs> back, you come back home and people you love have got like grey hair and stuff. <laughs> That's it. I mean, in a call centre, going and getting yourself uh, a cup of water from the dispenser is a treat. Yeah. Yes. That's Oh, that was the happiest part of my day. Just put myself into personal time and be like, do you know what? I'm going to take an extra bit. Of, I'm going to take an extra minute. No one will pick me up. We both worked for Ipsos Mori. Yes. And I used to sneak sneak books in to keep myself from self harm. When I worked there, so so. When I worked there, used to be allowed books. No, I think they changed it. They they very much change it because it's it saps every morsel of your soul. Yeah, I think I think I've exhausted the, the other one. I've got. Would rather be stuck at a wedding table with distant family members who all remember me as a child but I don't recognise any of them there's a lot of small yeah. talk things in here Craig. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a big vibe for you hating small talk in general yes yeah that's that's why weddings act like a Jerry Cinnamon fan <laughs> <laughs> you look like one to be fair <laughs> that, that's it's people just going oh I remember you when you were this high like yeah because I was six <laughs> <laughs> do you remember me yeah of course no. Oh, Joe, your hair's changed. <laughs> yes, there's less of it. A lot less of it. <laughs> One for you is I'd rather watch or uh, see pictures and videos of myself. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like being on camera. Uh, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like being filmed by friends. Okay. What about uh, by strangers? Fine. All right. Cool. Uh, don't don't mind it at all. Uh, but yeah, pictures. I'm not again. Pictures with out out and about with friends. I, I don't like don't like don't like it, and I don't want to see myself. I end up being a a, a chandler, you know, when he's when, when he knows someone's taking a picture, yeah. he makes this fucking weird face. That's that's me. I I look at I look at the man in the picture and think, is that what other people see? <laughs> it is, man. Yeah. If I, I can I can uh, get a real insight to Joel. Here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going pretty deep. <laughs> I can tell you a couple of things I wouldn't want to watch. But instead of that, the Scotland game is the the Sky Sports analysis after it, uh, because uh, there's nothing more mundane than listening to Darren Fletcher speak, and they didn't even uh, bring on Alex McLeish for the post match interview. Pointless, absolutely pointless. Right, we probably should. Uh, or so I guess one more, a league of their own, a, oh, show, yeah, a show for idiots. Yeah, yeah we definitely not. You know when you see, give me give me Scotland game for the rest of my life and half hour of that. Yeah. You know when you see people who have been arrested and the, the media get their mugshot to put into articles in the newspaper and all that kind of stuff, and it, you always sort of think like they look really sad. Like they they obviously get their mugshot taken, they've been caught. Bad time for them. That's what Darren Fletcher looks, Fletcher looks like all the time. <laughs> he constantly looks like a mugshot. As an aside to it, sorry, one last tangent. Um, I think there's a Twitter account that has mugshots, but I've just attracted females. <laughs> it's quite good. Just attracted people. That was the big thing, wasn't it? That was the, guy, yeah. the, the guy that became like a fucking millionaire model yeah, yeah. off the back of stealing a car or something. Yeah. 
Good for him, eh? Right. Let's not prolong the inevitable anymore. Israel 2, Scotland 1. As uh, a few people have noted, it's the, the result itself isn't the worst thing ever. Israel have got a couple of... <laughs> that, was, that was a car outside disagreeing with <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the worst... Nope. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing ever. It was the performance. The performance is what has... Right, yeah, so... Enraged so many people. And understandable. It's a bad result. It's not the worst ever result. It's not. It's a pretty bad one, though. Even it's a by bad our, one, even yes. By our, even by our standards. But yeah, I do agree. Had we... Especially since well, a man sent off uh, at one each. Had we had we played well, took the lead, dominated it, but couldn't score a second goal, allow them a goal, get a man sent off, and then lose the game, you'd say, right, it's bad, but the game kind of turned on these moments. It didn't quite go for us. You always need a, a, a kind of little bit of rubbing the green often. Well, you certainly do often in football games, and we can say, it's bad. We should have beaten them anyway, but positives to take out of it. There was no positives to take out of this, other than Alan McGregor's still pretty good at international level. No, I, yeah, I was going to say a bit harsh on McGregor because he, just this season generally, has been fantastic for, for Rangers. I would, I would, for I would say the most successful but. Rangers signing. Mm. Yeah. That's just a dig at someone had to dig at me for writing an article about that. Great. You're a better man. <laughs> um, I can't even remember it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, McGregor, pass marks aside, um, I mean, that, that was as bad as I've seen Scotland play as an outfield performance in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's saying something, because we saw some dross under Gordon Strachan as well. Or, or Levine, when, for example, struggled at home against Liechtenstein. Yeah. However, for a large, certainly a large part of the second half, Scotland dominated. Yeah. And it was more of a case of just uh, not being able to... Not being able, not being creative enough. Whereas here against Israel, they're just not good enough. Yeah, all over. Levine under, sorry, Scotland under Levine were like Hearts under Levine last year, where he didn't seem to have any kind of belief in the team to be uh, an attacking force. So he kind of set them up very negatively all the time, and it looked like they had a little idea in attack. You notice this season when Levine actually gets some decent players, they can kind of give them a game plan which they can actually use pretty well but he doesn't seem to be able to he either doesn't he either can't do it or he just doesn't have the faith in kind of rubbish players um, so that was the kind of main problem under him I, I certainly thought at the time but now <laughs> I mean God Strachan as well I mean I don't think anybody listening to the show uh, won't know that I really didn't like God Strachan but to fair a lot of that was his personality and he's kind of the fact that he stubbornly refused to watch a lot of games to see if players were any good and whatnot and he, he did stick a lot but at least at least he kind of had something you knew what he was going for McLeish other than the fact that he wants to play 3-5-2 what, what was that supposed to be? well I think his players were asking the same question they seemed well, they're literally asking the yeah, no, that's, that's what I mean there was so much confusion within that team I think Callum McGregor had no idea where he was meant to be uh, the defence, the defenders would sort of like, right, so when we have the ball, do we, do we go to sort of back four? And it's like no one knew what to do, which meant there was a breakdown between defence and midfield, there was a breakdown between midfield and attack, and it just left gaps all over the pitch. That Israel, to be fair to them, they exploited them well, and actually Israel played some nice stuff, because they were allowed to. Because there was such a, a discourse between what was happening in that Scotland team. And there, was this, there was this attack so many times. 
ball in the feet of Israel player about 30 yards to go either to right or left centre back comes out closer he plays a reverse ball in behind for the I think it was usually the full back sprinting past their wing back whether it was Robertson or O'Donnell and then they create a chance out of that that has happened time and time again it was the most damning thing I can say about Scotland is that at times it reminded me of Dundee or St Mirren this season because there was so much space <laughs> and, oh, wow. in the middle, middle of its field. The, like, Dundee's a very good capacity because they do try to play football. Yeah, yeah but like, it like, doesn't really amount to anything. Like Robert said, it was so destroyed. There was there was one t- uh, one moment in the second, uh, sorry, the first half where I can now understand why Callum McGregor, I think it was the uh, the Sun reported, went across to McLeish and asked him what formation was it a four five one? Because at one point it looked like Robertson was left wing. And Russell moved to right wing and then had the three centre midfielder, so it was like four five one out of possession. But then for the large for the majority it did seem like a three three four one two or however you want to put it. But it was more like five because McGinn and McDonald in the centre midfield were absolutely atrocious. McDonald especially. Every every touch seemed to be followed by a sliding tackle. And for some reason it's that Robertson and O'Donnell were so deep that McGinn and McDonald had to come across and try and close down. They just left massive areas uh, in the centre of the park and you saw how easy it was for Israel to play the ball at the feet of the strikers. Then when Scotland did get the ball, it was so error-strewn. McGinn and McDonald were not the only ones. Robertson was really bad for it as well, but they kept on losing the ball. And then with a formation like the, uh, the 3-5-2 or whatever, however you want to put it, that keeping the ball is essential because that allows Robertson and O'Donnell to push up and be more like wingers but then when you don't have the ball they are forced back and they yeah. play like uh, play like full backs yeah, it, was, it was really bad it shows you how bad it was that Robertson was one of the worst players as well atrocious and there was this, the, the whole thing about He's come out and said, uh, uh, left wing back's not been in my position people are saying you can't play him as a left wing back but Liverpool signed him after two or three, how, how long was he with, with Hull for? Two seasons? It was cha- Premier League and the Championship, maybe three seasons? Two or three years. Two or three. When did, when did Dundee United, when did St Johnson win the Cup? 2014. 14. So must only. 14, 15, 15, 17, 18. So yeah, two, we'll just say two seasons. Uh, he played wing back slash, uh, played wing back as a 3 5 2 or 5 3 uh, 2 for Hull City for two seasons. There's no. He can't, he can't say, oh, I don't know the position. He knows the position, but he's been absolutely terrible for uh, Scotland for the last 12 months, minus one or two uh, two games. And then he come out and says, I, I don't want to speak, uh, I can only speak for myself. You're the captain. Speak for the team. Tell them they're shit. You were shit. Everyone was shit. Except McGregor. McLeish was shit. It probably doesn't help him as well because he's not a particularly strong uh, defensive fullback. Um, it doesn't help that he's got somebody beside him who's definitely not in his natural position which is Tierney because yeah, I saw that with a goal kind of, I'm, I'm just going to constantly bring it back to Hearts because hey that's my thing but he heard Levine like, talking about that kind of a couple of times this season when he was bringing in Mitchell in January and bringing in uh, Garuccio in the summer uh, that he feels that with Christoph Berra on that left side of defence you can have an attack and full like one. I think he said it's like playing one and a half yeah so I think you have to put that in, uh, in, in practice with Scotland as well. So if Tierney, Tierney's good getting forward and he is a, a decent enough defensive fullback, but is he good enough to be a auxiliary centre-half at a national level? And 
the evidence so far would say no, he's not. Mm -hmm. So with him and with Robertson wanting to rampage, but not having that kind of insurance, it really hurts us down that side. So you've got two really good players, and we really want to put them both in the team if possible because they are very talented and they're, they're two of our most talented players. And it is annoying that they play the same position, but if you're doing it so that both of them become ineffective, then there's no point. It's, it's, like, it's like England with Gerard and Lampard again. You, you need to, as an international manager, you need to make hard decisions because sometimes you're going to have two players in the same position that are both shit hot. Mm. But you can't play them both, so make the decision. Andrew Robertson, right now, at this point of his career, is a better option than Kieran Tierney at left back for Scotland. So play him there, let Tierney bag it, uh, sort of bide his time a bit. See what happens. You've made Robertson your captain. But that's that's then, a hill then, that you're then not going to die on. Tierney so. will go on a huff and claim that he needs to work on his fitness. Dad, fuck him then. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> fuck him and fuck Griffiths. If that's, if that's the game that they want to play, right, oh, I'm going to take the huff. Fuck Celtic Football Club. That's <laughs> not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that about any player like Tom. There's a staff record label and there's a motherfucking crew. You know, Tom Kearney, you could see. You know, Matt Ritchie as well. Uh, well, not Tom Kearney, he has been injured, but Matt Ritchie. You, know, you look at these guys. And it's like, you can take the half all you want, mate. That's absolutely fine. If you want to play for Scotland, fuck off. All right. That's all you have to say. Because, honestly, if Kieran Tierney is, is going to be upset that a Champions League finalist, currently joint top of the Premiership left-back, absolute star player, is... I don't is think he would, to be fair. I was just kidding. I don't, just kind of kidding. But, but that's, I don't know, I don't know whether... They, we don't know as well whether Griffiths is in the half or not, or if he's just... Well, that's cause sad. Because he, he has been pretty poor for the last year, yeah. and he has continued to pick up kind of injuries when he's tried to kind of get a sustained run in the team. So you can maybe understand why he's like, well, maybe... Especially with Brown's in his team, and Brown managed to get it out get a wee boost in his career from not playing for Scotland for about four months or whatever it was I'd just say go the whole hog and just drop Robertson and Tierney just get Douglas in there or Shinny I'm a see for me I kind of forget how many decent left backs we've got eh? and then we've got one right back um, but yeah it's, it's, it's one of the things you need to make a hard decision um, I think the first hard decision you should make is admitting that 3-5-2 probably isn't the way forward no. and if you're going to play a four at the back Personally, I would say Andy Robertson's a better bet than Kieran Tierney right now. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's up to the manager. He needs to make that decision. And it's, it's blatant. You, can't, you cannot play them both right now as it is because they both want to play in the exact same position. Just, so just yeah. You can't do it. The, the own goal really hammered home. Uh, I'm going to contradict myself when we come to uh, naming our best 11. But really hammered home Tierney's struggles as centre-back because... <clears throat> He was playing more for centre back in a four then because they went to a back four uh, suitor sending off. He was marking the same man as McKenna and then realised, shit, I'm not meant to be here and rushed across to mark that area because McKenna had the one man in the box so Tierney just had to make it mark his own. He rushed across and by the, he, he tried to clear the ball and if he was in the correct position at this. Uh, at the correct time he would have easily cleared that ball out the, out the pitch or up the park and because of his positional frailty which was shown in the Belgium game he ended up scoring that uh, scoring that on goal uh, touching on, on Suter that was uh, two non-bookings no, I don't yeah. think either were, either were a booking it was very very one harsh. was a foul very very harsh taking it back to Tierney again um, for the for the Israel um, for the first goal as well obviously there was uh, so many mistakes in there, you can't really you know, push one of them. But it was Tierney who was Mark. It was it De Boer who scored the first. No, it was no, um, Perez. Perez. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, Tierney is the guy marking inside the box, and he allows him to turn inside the box. It's just another example. He Tierney was not the most at fault for that goal, but by no means. But it's another example of him just not being a natural centre half, which we all know. He's defending basically within his own six yard box there, and he's allowed the boy to turn. It's, like, it's nonsense. And I, I know like O'Donnell was out of position, Suter was out of position for that one as well. There was a so many mistakes in there but it's just another example of why at international level you can't get away with playing a fantastic left back at certain half when he's hardly done Stephen O'Donnell man oh that was a horror show it's a shame you know it, it was a horror show um, I think uh, but if you look at his previous caps he's always shown up well on a night where also, going, well, we're getting, night, well we're giving people kickings Kevin McDonald can be flung at this as well I don't know why he keeps getting games um, O'Donnell yeah I, I mean it was a terribly bad day at the office for Scotland mm. um, picking out one by one we, we could say it for everyone in the team you're saying O'Donnell that was a shocker and I was like oh yeah I think he was Mont a, Drew, that, was a, that was a shocker I think he was an, especially a shocker him for me the worst for him Robertson um, I thought McGinn was uh, McGinn kept giving it away um, McDonald's really McDonald's was. McDonald kept slowing it down kept chasing the shadows yeah. he's a Premier League player but <clears throat> you look at him oh, he's a Premier League player he's, he's got to be in there but he is playing for a Fulham team I don't think he's been playing all, I think he came off the bench at the weekend a Fulham team have similar problems to what Scotland had last night in terms of when the opposition have the ball they're really poor positionally and they're quite easy to pay, uh, play through that we'll come on to but that's an issue for Scotland with uh, balance in midfield right let's uh, before we get to naming our own teams we try to fix the problems of the nation okie dokie shall uh, should Alex McLeish stay on um, for me no no I think cut your losses um, various different reasons that I, I won't go into any great depth with, but I just don't think that from the outset he was the right man to be appointed I think you look at I, I mean step one first point kudos for going after Michael O'Neill and really you know giving him the best offer you could give him trying to get him in the door he would have been a good appointment there was no contingency for when he didn't take eventually take the job I think they were so sure that what they were offering he would take it came back to it and then I mean papers were reporting your your options were Walter Smith and Alex McLeish yeah. there's no imagination there it's not McLeish's fault I don't think it's his fault at all I think there's been a, a lack of imagination in the recruitment process that has led to where we are just now I think cut your losses with McLeish I don't think it's going to work I think he's a seems like a lovely guy Alex McLeish but I think he'd probably say himself if he was given his jot I was like no yeah okay <laughs> that's fine and, and, and go from there I mean, you look at what he's coming out with you know I never claimed that we were ready to qualify for a major tournament it's, that's why you were hired yeah it's literally your job it's, it's your job it's why, it's why Strachan's no longer in the job exactly and it, it, there's things like that there just seems to be a complete breakdown and I think that cut your losses from the cliche now and take a long hard look and think right how can we get us back on track rather than hiring a manager that left us in the lurch 10 years ago which is what McLeish did uh, left us for another job. McLeish seems to be under the impression that he's got like a 6 year deal and his remit was to rebuild the Scottish national team and make it better and to, to give chances to a lot of young players so that hopefully they'll improve and in a few years time we'll have a really good international team you have a 2 year contract mate yeah. that 2 year contract basically tells you you have to qualify for this next tournament or you're out of a job Yeah. so what are you doing? it was a monumental fuck up 
with uh, from the SFA in terms of how it all came about. I agree, Rob, that it was uh, kudos to them for going. I, identifying Mike O'Neill and really trying to push the boat out and try and, uh, try and entice him to come to Scotland. The fact that they had no backup, the, the fact that the backup was from McLeish and Smith, it just highlights how short-sighted they can be. The, they were right to, right to part company with Strachan as well because people are kind of going back over and broken glass that it wasn't the fact that People wanting uh, McLeish to replace Strachan. Strachan was right yeah, to go. Yeah. It was the fact that McLeish. Yeah, if you give me that at the time, saying like, right, Strachan's going to go. Because I'm really, I'm, I want Strachan out. But being said to me, right, he's going to be placed with Alex McLeish. I'd be like, no, <laughs> give Strachan a tenure deal, please. But it just, it just seemed that they, they, they panicked rather than rather than taking kind of stock and right. Burn. As, as Rob the, says, it's a lack of because the weight he'd done on the oak because it was. Yeah. Uh, there was so there's a, I reckon there was a few factors. I reckon they'd heard because I'd certainly heard that Michael O'Neill very much wanted the Scotland job. Now O'Neill either had a change of heart or he was putting feelers out there to or that I get a better contract with Ireland, and he, he was spreading that word about so that they thought as well. So that right, if we want him to stay, we better give him a, a very good offer. So either one of those two choices. They were also probably want help with the fact the timing as well. He, his mum passed away, mm-hmm. so they couldn't really. They'd done a decent thing. They didn't go right to him and say, "Right, we need an answer now." They gave him his time to wait, but the longer somebody waits, he's got more time to kind of think it over, kind of thing. Especially, especially in that kind of like emotional state, you, you might you might think, "Right, I'm kind of very happy and where I am right now. I don't know what's going to happen if I go to Scotland." Things like that. It changes in football. So, on that side. There was a few things they probably didn't reckon were going to happen that, that played against them. On the other hand, as Rob says, you have to have a backup plan. Always in football, you have to have one. But then when they realised they didn't have a backup plan, it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Robertson and Tierney. You have to be brave and make a decision. Yeah. Be brave, right? You're going to get criticised, but be brave and say we, we've not really, we've not got anyone at the moment. We, we're going to have to sit on it and look at look at greater depth and um, interview come, people. Yeah, interview people. <laughs> diligence so they've, they've, they've panicked they've brought McLeish in after bungling uh, Walter Smith attempt uh, as, as per reports and now it's, uh, McLeish is there and he doesn't inspire confidence when he when he speaks to the media he certainly does not inspire confidence would Griffiths have pulled out a if, if there was that feeling within the squad as well, would Griffiths have pulled out for, for maybe someone like Michael O'Neill or mm-hmm. uh, someone who had a bit more gravitas within the Scotland squad? Robertson's comments after last night's game as well. They, there's a feeling within um, cliches that you get similar to stubs at St Mirren where fans just realise it's just not working, mm-hmm. it's just not going to happen. People criticise short termism as if it's if it's a new thing in, in football in the like the last decade. You go back to the short termism works no, for a lot of clubs in a lot of countries. But this goes but it goes back years with, uh, for example, Brian Clough at Leeds. He was uh, how many days was it? Was it forty like forty forty nine or something? Forty yeah, yeah something like that. I thought forty four, but it doesn't matter. They realise it's like cut ties. It's, it's it's not working. Sometimes you just have to do that, and you sometimes you have to be brave. As for who takes over, I have no idea. Uh, I think I don't know who's going to take over. We're, we're going to take <laughs> over. Oh, I was about to make a point, going. That's right. We can just move on. <laughs> right, we've all got separate teams, correct? Yes. Uh, <laughs> have we all got McGregor and goals? So yeah, we're going to go for uh, McGregor and goals. McGregor and goals. McGregor and goals. So probably say as well what formations we're playing and why. Four four one one. Okay, I've got a four two three one, but the two defensive midfielders aren't defensive midfielders. So. 
I'm already having sympathy for McLeish. Uh, yeah, so your two defensive midfielders, my two central midfielders, because they are central midfielders. Because <laughs> I don't like any of our defensive midfielders. <laughs> don't need one, mate. I've stuck with 3-5-2 or 3-5-1. Three, three, okay, right. Okay. I, it's, I, I honestly, it's, it's so hard because there's no right back. No right back that I see long term. Yeah, yeah. Center midfield is, is 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 an issue. I think Tierney, d- d- despite what we saw last night, I think if given time worked on, Tierney can play centre back. Forget first first of all Robertson, he can play wing back. There's any excuse. He's, he played it see, played it for two seasons. The, pro- the, pro- the problem with the three five two for me is that you have five players. Uh, which are two of our biggest weaknesses, which is centre half and forward. So you've got, they've got half, no, no, the, team, got, half got, the team comes to one forward. Alright, so you've got all right, so you've got three alright, sorry, three, four, three. Three, five, one, one. Okay, right, okay. Still what? <laughs> Wait till you see it. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. I've got four, two, three, one, um because I'm an I'm a new era traditionalist. <laughs> This is now the 4 for 2 I've noticed that 4 2 going to be in phased out yeah. So I'm going to be like the old guy saying Why don't teams play 4 2 3 one anymore? That's not a joke 4 2 fucking 3 Because oh, our, our strongest part of our team for me is centre midfielder So I'm just trying to cram as many of them into one team as possible My issue This is uh, the centre midfield Sorry for jumping ahead Is that There's no one to balance it like for example, we M- Milligan's came in at Hibs. Yeah, yeah, we don't and like that, have that, that kind of player. The only one I could think of was Ryan Jack. Yeah, and he's not there yet. Uh, and I, I don't think he's quite, <coughs> quite at a national level yet. Gerard to give him the tricks of the trade for a wee bit longer, and then hopefully it will be. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think Jack has all the potential. But yeah, definitely. I, I think there's, I think there's, there's definitely can space stop, for him. Can somewhere. we stop France from ever giving Chama cap? Is it a Scottish granny or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's here for five years. <laughs> Is that still a thing? I think so. I think he has to be schooled here for five years. No, it's different. you can get yeah, a citizenship in the, the UK, so then you could play for one of the teams. Pretty sure that's real. I, for some reason, I, I think probably Craig Anderson knows this better than any of us, but the, I think there's a pact between the British teams that that can't happen. Because I think there was talk about uh, Adnan Yanazai. Uh, when he was linked, he could play for Scotland, any of the British nations. Belgium, Kosovo and stuff and apparently that was rubbish because he, he couldn't play for uh, Scotland because there's a certain um, pack between the, the whole no, nations. Right. But that's uh, I'm, I'm not... No, but that, that's not somebody living in Scotland. I'm loving that we're having this conversation about Olivier and Chan playing <laughs> in Scotland. It's not going to happen. I'm sure it's it's, He's going to look and think. I'm sure it's off. been talked about before so I'm sure it is possible. Stephen Cochran I've got a Scottish guy. Alright, Stephen Cocker I'll the place He was rubbish So I don't know why I brought him up Oh, you're having a great time So <laughs> I, I see you're playing Tierney at right back Yes, the, only, the reason I'm playing Tierney at right back Is that you're, I'm, I'm you're, Your back four's going to get Fucking <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing bad thing about my football Not the only bad thing You've got four, you've got four left-footed centre uh, Four left But I don't think that's big a deal Because you've got four right-footed Nobody fucking says anything Then he trusts a lefty <laughs> You do have four left-footed defenders. Again, I don't see why it's a problem. Right, so I've got Tierney at right-back because, thinking of the right-backs, Tierney is still the best defensively. The problems, I think when Tierney played at right-back, we focused too much on Tierney and it wasn't working for him. And, yeah, I don't think it was. But he was still fairly solid there. He just wasn't very good at going forward because, for the most part, I think he had a good second half against 
um, Slovakia, I think. Slovakia or Slovenia. Uh, he did have a good second half of one of the games. He was rampaging up and down. But there was another game, I think it was a Slovakia game, where he was, he was hooked off because he wasn't giving us anything going forward and they brought an Anya instead. That's fine. If we need to chase the game, we can bring him off and bring on Patterson or O'Donnell or even James Forrest at right back if you're, if you're chasing a game. But for me, he's, he's the most solid defensive option there. And I'm trying to make this defence as solid as possible because the rest of it isn't. Because we've got Charlie Mulgrew Scott McKenna in the centre. I would have Mulgrew and Berra, but I don't know what Berra's going to be like after his injury. Um, it might take him a while to get up to speed. Uh, if he doesn't come back to his best, then McKenna. If he does, then Mulgrew and Berra. And Robertson at left back in his best position. Your defences? Stephen O'Donnell. Okay. Stick with him. He is a natural right back. He is a right back. All this shoehorning Kieran Tierney into right back or, you know, trying to make Callum Patterson what he isn't. Um, what I, is he? Yeah, that's the problem. What is Callum Patterson? He's, Other than a header. He's a header. Um, apparently a number 10 slash number 9. <laughs> he maybe? should be in the squad. That's something that's a bit ridiculous. He's, because he's somebody who makes... He's not got a position and it's hard to get the best at international football because of that. But imagine last night. Just bring him on and just say, go up front and try and win some headers. He scores... He's the new Chris Martin for Scotland. He's, a, he's an ex-factor. <laughs> just, just have him in the squad. But he's, he's, definitely, he's, he's definitely someone for more where Scotland have loads of the ball and are struggling to break teams down or are chasing the game. Or get a set piece. Just fucking pump it in there. Yeah. Knockdowns. O'Donnell. Diags. O'Donnell is a right back mm-hmm. and that's why I've got him at right back because he's the only one we've got just now. Plus, previously, I mean, before last night, I thought they were blue in the face about how shite Scotland were but O'Donnell has shown up well for Scotland in every game, the two friendlies uh, in the summer and the games previously as well. He's looked good. He's played well. Trust him. Stick mm-hmm. with him. Just because he has one bad game doesn't mean he needs to get bombed out for a left back you know just stick with him a wee bit see what happens I, I do agree with that although I'm still waiting for uh, Lee McCulloch shout off uh, Tony Ralston to be like, I think he was meant to be ready for Scotland about six months ago Ooh, great stuff <laughs> um, I'm just going to I'm just going to fucking move on from yeah, that yeah please do uh, set half I've got John Souter and Scott McKenna uh, get Mulgrew out of the squad Essentially, like, I, I'm sorry, but like... He's not very good defender. I, I, I made this point before, right? See under Strachan, and it was Mulgrew and Berra at centre-half, and they looked good. They looked fine. And I, I made this point on podcast a few weeks ago. Charlie Mulgrew is like a young defender in that he needs an experienced one beside him. If he is the experienced defender, then you're fucked. Because they're looking at him for guidance, and he's looking around for guidance. Berra can talk him through games. Or previously, you know, Russell Martin, even though he didn't have the, the most glittering Scotland career, when it was him and Mulgrew at the back, Mulgrew looked more assured because he had a, a sort of captain figure, a proper centre-half alongside him. For Scotland, Mulgrew just doesn't have that. Who's your left-back? Robertson. OK. Andrew Robertson. Tierney on the bench. Joel, your three-man? Suter, McKenna and Tierney. <laughs> Oh, fucking 21. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. I agree with, I agree with Mul- uh, in terms of Mulgrew. Uh, he was, who's nowhere near it. Because last night, ball over, Scott the oldest. <laughs> ball over the top. Couldn't deal with it. I think John Suter's the oldest. 22. Suter's 21 still. Turn 22. I think McKenna turned 22 this year. I think Suter's like a month older. Okay. But anyway. Sweat the small stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland I mean I still think there's Scotland will qualify from this uh, top this sorry top this group and they're good enough 
uh, the, the players there, there's talent there to get past Albania and Israel. But it allow, does allow for kind of developing, mm. developing relationship, developing, make, uh, getting younger players ex- uh, more experienced in international football. I think they're the three, three best defend, three most compatible compatible defenders. Stop Tinder, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Suter gives you match.com. Suter gives you a right footer, good on the ball. McKenna headers it. Uh, Tune is there because he's a very good player, and I, I still believe that he can be. Uh, he can be useful at left centre back. Interesting fact: it's three guys who can basically still qualify to play for the under twenty ones, but it's also three guys who have all captained their clubs on numerous occasions. Mm, leaders, it's a nice wee fact. Yeah. Right, our midfield. I've got at the base. At the base. That seems ridiculous. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I need somebody, I need somebody else. So I'm going to have Armstrong as one of the players at the base. So I think Armstrong's at his best charging up from deep and breaking through the lines. I always thought he was at his best for Celtic when it was kind of him playing slightly ahead of Brown. So I want him there. Who the fuck am I going to play with him? Because I've got McGinn right now, but he's too, he's too kind of, I've, he's too dynamic as yeah, well. I I've want got somebody could, I've got McGinn, s- McGregor and Armstrong. What about, all, all what, three what about best Armstrong? Direct. What about for my team, Armstrong and McGeeuk? So McGeeuk kind of sits back a bit, looks to dictate play, Armstrong breaks through. Still not really great defensively, but it's no, a wee bit better. No. What, better with McGinn? I think better with McGinn. If, if that's the formation you're playing, then I think better with McGinn. Okay. Um, just because McGinn's all action. He can win tackles, he can track back, he's quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, he can do all that, whereas McGeeuch is great at finding space, is, is great at taking the ball in, being that sort of, fucking hate this, but being that quarterback and playing the passes and stuff like that. He's good at that, but I think with, with that midfield, with that duo, I think Armstrong and McGinn is a better shot. McGregor shift. can sit. He can, yeah. He's done it before. Oh, McGregor. Yeah, I might yeah, play yeah. McGregor then, but then I would... Right, so I'm going to get to my, my three, my triumvirate. It's Ryan Fraser, because Ryan Fraser, Tom Kearney, I'm going to put emphasis on guys who are playing in the English Premier League every game. McLeish has been doing this and a lot of Scottish fans don't like this because we see our players all the time we think, oh, they're good, they're just as good, they're in good form. But I think we should put some stock in guys who are playing at what is arguably the highest level in football. I hate to be a smart arse, kidding. I love it. Uh, I'm not sure Tom Curran's played this season, he's been injured. I bet really, I think he has played, is he not? He's been injured a lot. Keep talking, I'll shit. Um, okay, I can dump him otherwise, please. <laughs> It's supposed to be worth about thirty million or something. So, it's got to be. It's got to be all right. I know it was poor for Scotland in like the games we've seen, but those were only like what twice. Yeah, yeah. So. I know it's a, it's a small it's a small sample size, but I, I don't think you can put them in your best eleven if or you've only seen them twice and he's he's not played that. I am just assuming you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're making an assumption. Right on the left of midfield, I've got Cal McGregor to do a similar role as he does to Celtic, and this is going to be the key to this team. This is basically set up like Brendan Rodgers' Celtic team. So that's another thing, a tier right back. I'm going to say, you don't need to go forward. You just be kind of the Michael Lustig role, the auxiliary centre half. Did you tell Kieran Tierney not to go forward? Well, not as much. Because he's, he's on the opposite wing. Whereas Robertson's going to be absolutely bombing on all the time. With McGregor coming inside, so it's going to do that thing the Celtic team does, where you can kind of almost kind of turn it slightly. Rotate it, it yeah. aye, And it goes from a 4 2 3 1 to a 3 5 2. So it's got flexibility. So there you go. Has Kearney played this all the season? He's, he started the first three games as captain. There you go, fuck! But then he was out for three with foot injury. Well, aye, we're only in fucking October. Uh. <laughs> three games is fine. In. Sure. Arm back. <laughs> Skip out. Um, yeah, so I've got 
controversially because he has in my mind only ever played like one good game for Scotland I've got James Forrest okay. on the right I've got Ryan Fraser on the left mm-hmm. uh, and I've got McGinn and Armstrong in the middle but you know McGregor Cal McGregor dropping back into that as well if and when is needed for a sort of 4-5-1 formation do you know who I considered for my right back thought who James Forrest that's he's a very good defensive mid like listen, uh, that, that's, that's that's why I've got <laughs> Forrest and Fraser on the wings because they can, they're, they're both workers they'll work and work and work if they need to chat back they will but they're both proven at club level just now consistently that they can contribute to goals so Ryan Fraser's had a fantastic start to the season James Forrest a bit more stop start than he was last year but he just scored four goals against St Johnston given the benefit of the doubt Celtic have generally as a team been a bit of a slow burner this year that might change now I just think that despite the fact Forrest hasn't really shown up for Scotland yet I still think he's a good option in there because Scotland are never going to be the team that's constantly on the front foot in international games mm-hmm. they're quite often going to be the team that's, that's soaking up pressure and if that can go to a 4-5-1 with the, the work rate and even still the wherewithal of McGinn, Armstrong and McGregor in the middle I think that's solid. You know, you've you've got a good defensive base, but like that, you can turn it to a counter-attacking team. And yeah, that's that's my thinking behind the midfield. Your midfield, John. I have got Forrest's wing back. Uh, I do like the fact that he, he runs like a Super Mario character. Mm-hmm. Robertson at left wing back, and then midfield. Yeah, I've got McGinn, McGregor, and Armstrong. I'm still don't know the first midfield. No, that's <laughs> the, that's the issue. Is like I'm really worried about Jack in there. Yeah. Okay, but then it doesn't. Would you not have McGee up than Jack? Nah. Nah. Not for me. No long pauses. Is the Scottish football bias coming in? Uh, and then I'll play Griffiths. Eh, sorry, Fraser, Bind Griffiths. Alright. Just kind of give Fraser a free roll. Uh, Eddie Howe has basically said he can go wherever he wants in terms of uh, football because he's got so much football ability and I think he has played centrally at times for Bournemouth uh, I've only got one up front uh, it is Griffiths I wouldn't the, the form of both players right now I wouldn't argue against Naismith he does more of a link man but I think in this team we could just use somebody who is I know Naismith scored more goals this season but historically Griffiths has been more of a goal scorer and more of somebody who can just kind of from Scotland no, just uh, in general. In general. Okay. So for Scotland, no. <laughs> Take it you from Naismith. I've got Stephen Naismith up front, um, <laughs> but I think this is this is more of a sort of layered answer than just you know he's scored more goals this season. He's scored more goals for Scotland. He's got the experience of playing for Scotland. That's the key on the end there. He's got more experience, and in my team, I've got like I mean James Forrest. I think is one of the oldest in this team, and you look throughout it, and you've got that experience from Naismith. Someone who's actually going to turn around and shout and ball at that midfield because you've not really got anyone else there that can do it. Lee Griffiths playing up front by himself, I'm just not sure about generally. Whereas Naismith, as a nine for Scotland, has rarely let them down. He's scored in big games. He's scored Poland away, he's scored against Germany, he's scored against Spain. He's, he's been there and done it. And I think that in this sort of, I, I've picked quite a young team because I think that's the way Scotland should be going. And I think within that, you do need to have a little bit of experience Naismith's got that plus he's a proven goal scorer at international level he's done it for however many years now and that's why I've got him right still not scored that many goals for Scotland again no one really has so we could just finish it now or we were going to do things we've been happy about this season but we can only really spend about 30 seconds on each 
I tell you what, I'm not happy. Mass, my, my level, we've got a savage for that. No <laughs> chance of my getting a job in football. No me, chance. Me either, I don't have a lot of respect for Alex McLeish. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what are you thinking about your team? What's that? What are you thinking about your team? I could easily do this job, mate. I, I reckon that would qualify for there we go. Euros and World Cup. That's I, a I, solid team. I too, I'm, I'm already trying to bring on uh, Scott McKenna, even though Scott McKenna's already on. <laughs> Right, Joe, say goodbye. See you later. Robert, goodbye. Goodbye. Hope you enjoy your weekend, even though it's no, well, not some football in the top side. Go league. I was tempted to go through to Parkett Thistle with United, cheer on Robbie Nielsen, but the weather's going to be shit, so I'm not doing that. So. Yeah, hell of a strike out. I'm going to be hungover tomorrow. I'm going to enjoy my Saturday just being hungover all day. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm going to run to the nearest telly to watch Argo versus Edinburgh City. I don't know about you guys. Oh, aye, because that's mm. just on now, eh? Yeah. Well, it's coming on shortly. Right, right. we better finish it. Bye! Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.